Hear this. It's impossible to follow God unless we are led by the Spirit of God. It's impossible to follow God unless you're led by his spirit. If the spirit of God is not leading you, then you're led by some other spirit. So it's impossible to follow God if God's spirit is not leading you. As we jump into the word this morning, I pray that you lean in deeply to what the word of the Lord has to say unto you this morning. We're going to find ourselves in the Gospel of John, chapter number 6, verse 44. The Gospel of John, chapter number 6, verse number 44. Hold your finger there and jump over, if you would. Well, we'll start in John six forty-four, and we'll take off from there. Hallelujah. Let's make our faith declaration on this morning. So if you would, would you repeat after me? Amen. Catch me up on the front slide. There we go. Today I'll be taught the word of God. Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready. My spirit is ready. And my mind is sharp. My mind is sharp. I believe the word. I believe the word. The word is truth. The word is truth. It is without error. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. Say again, no sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. I am wealth, rich. And wealth and riches shall be in my house. Come on, declare like you mean it. Say, wealth and riches shall be in my house. Find a neighbor around you, prophesy out their life. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. You picked the wrong neighbor. They didn't receive. Find somebody else. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Shout, I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. My church is blessed. Shout, I'm blessed. Now say amen. Hallelujah. I hope you're there by now. The gospel. John chapter number six, verse number 44. The words are recorded. No one can come unless the father who sent me draws them. You didn't find Jesus. He found you. You don't draw near to him. He's drawing near to you. He takes the responsibility off of you because in your human effort, it is very convoluted. It is uh, contaminated. It is uh, toxic. When you try to place yourself in the position to do what God called you to do in your own strength. God is the one who calls you. He's the one who draws you. That's why you got to be careful how you treat people, because you don't know who God is drawing. You got to be careful how you talk about people, because you don't know who God is drawing to him. Tell you, be careful. 
No one can come unless the father who sent me draws them and I will raise them up at the last day. Let us pray. Father, now we thank you that this morning we are on your frequency. Tune us in, Lord God. Dial us in so that we can hear from you and you alone. It's in Jesus mighty name. Somebody shout amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hear this. The one that draws you is the one that will lead you. So if God is doing the drawing, then he is also the one who will do the leading. We're in this sermon series entitled Frequency, and a lot of times we try to dial into God, but we dial in in our own human efforts. We try to do it the way we want to do it. I call it the Burger King mentality. We come into the house of God and we try to have it our way. Hallelujah. But it's Yahweh's way. It is God's way, not our way. So, so, so we try to dial in with all man-made concepts and ideologies and theologies and doctrines and all of this stuff. We're burning sage and candles. Y'all quiet up in here. We got all of these idols to try to find the frequency of God, the energy of the world, y'all. Ain't saying nothing. We, we try to divert around and go around all the things of God to get to God instead of going straight to God at his drawing. Somebody shall draw me. You got to shout it loud. Somebody shall draw me. So we wake up in the morning with the breath of God and that breath should be God draw me to you today. It is not about our own um, rituals that we draw close to God. You know, we wake up. And we read so many chapters. I'm going to really mess with you religious folk today. We grab the beads and we say a certain prayer. And it's ritualistic in our efforts to draw close to God. But really, it's God is the one who's doing the drawing. So when he wake you in the morning, guess what God is doing? He's drawing. He's drawing you into his perfect plan for your life. He's drawing. Somebody shout, draw me. Draw me. Uh, so it's not about your tenure in church, your attendance in church. It's not about how much you read, how much you give. It's about God's drawing. Because at God's drawing, he'll draw you to where you want to go to church. He'll draw you to where you want to read. He'll draw you to where you want to pray and you want to give and you want to serve. It is at God's drawing that we do, not in what we're doing. Amen. Hallelujah. So we got to tune into the frequency of God because it's the spirit of God that leads us. God is the one who draws us in and he is the one who leads us by his spirit. Today, we're going to talk about how we can be drawn in two different from two different aspects uh, by the leading of the Holy Spirit. We see in first Samuel, chapter number 18, verse number 10, we see the life of Saul. Saul is the king at the moment. And in verse number 10. It says the next day an evil spirit came from God. Now, now, this troubled me when I first read it years ago, and it's troubled me until the very moment of last night. I was like, God, an evil spirit came from you? Oh, don't tell me you never questioned that. Wondered, could evilness come from God? God sent the evil spirit? Really? Is God that so that he would send evilness into the world? 
But I thought God was this loving God, this forgiving God, this gracious God, this sovereign God. And you tell me this great El Gabar, this great God will send evil to somebody. And, and, and it troubled me as I read it. And I said, Lord, this can't be so because you you're a good, good father. You're a good father. So I did some digging and some searching. And the word evil actually has been transliterated inappropriately. So when we see evil in this text, in this context, in the Hebrew context, it is the word raw. Look at your neighbor and say raw. Look back at him and go. <laughs> uh, so it's this Hebrew word raw, which, which means uh, displeasing spirit. So God sent the spirit that was displeasing unto Saul. In other words, Saul, I'm not pleased with the way you're leading my people. Saul, I'm not happy with the way you're leading my people. Unpleasing in the size, in the eyes of, or disagreeable. There's another translation of the word, word raw. Look at your neighbor again and go raw. <laughs> Amen. I hope you put a peppermint in your mouth before you did it. Oh. Hey. Oh. Too early in the morning for that preaching. Don't be having them breathe on me like that. Yeah. Disagreeable. In other words, God sent the spirit to Saul that says, Saul, I'm in disagreement. And the reason why Saul was so vexed was because Saul wanted to lead his way and not God's way. So we see a spirit that is controlling Saul that is not a spirit of God. And the next day, a disagreeable, unpleasing spirit comes from God, came forcibly on Saul. He was prophesying in his house. Uh, if we could get the prophets back in the house, if we could get the prophets back in the house, that you would prophesy over your house. Come on now. That, that you would look at your situation and your circumstance and you would not say what you see, but you would say what God said about what you see. Y'all ain't saying that up in here. You won't look at your bills and say, God, look how a mess. You will look at your bills and say, God, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are a provider. God, I see lack, but I declare in this place abundance now in Jesus name. You would look sickness in the eye, flat footed, boldly with courage. And you would say, rah. I am not pleased with you. You would look at it and say, God, you are Jehovah. You are the God that healeth thee. So he sends this spirit. And Saul is prophesying. Watch while David was playing the lyre. As he usually did. David was a worshiper. Y'all know David, the little ruddy boy, Jesse's son. He was a worshiper, and he would always usually be worshiping. Oh, if we could find ourselves in the spirit of worship. Can I tell you something this morning? Mess your head up. Worship is not for you. Oh, I'm running to the house of God because I got to worship. Oh, worship was good today. Worship is not for you. Worship belongs to God. So you don't run in to get your worship on. You run in to worship the God 
who deserves all the worship. See, that'll change your perspective when you stop trying to get worship instead of give worship. When you stop trying to run into the house of God to worship and you would run in to worship God and give it to him. So that for you're not looking for something other than a smile on daddy's face. Come on, parents, you know, when your kids make you smile, you just want to just give, give, give. When your kids come home with good grades, you just want to do, do, do. Yo. That is the byproduct of worship. You bring a smile to God's face. And out of that smile, God becomes gracious unto you and he gives. So David is worshiping as he normally does. And watch in the midst of worship. Saul had a spear in his hand. (laughs) And he hurled it. At David. You know, it's in the midst of worship. Sometimes we receive the greatest attacks. Y'all don't understand. When you're in the midst of worship, that's the moment the greatest attacks come on your body. Thoughts run rampant in your mind. Body aches and pains. Your neighbor just becomes agitated and want to disturb you and disrupt you. All in the midst of worship. And while David is worshiping, Paul hurls a spear at David. He chunks a spear. Why? Because Saul is upset. I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him not once, but twice. Saul was afraid that, of David because, watch, here it is. The Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. Why did the Lord depart from Saul? Because Saul took on another spirit. Saul is now being led by another spirit. So God says, I'm no longer with Saul because I can't lead him because he choose not to be led. Oh, God, there's some people in the house of God. They have the spirit of God have left them because they choose not to be led by God's spirit, but they're being led by another spirit. And he was afraid of David. Why? Because the anointing was on David's life and it left his life. So he sent David away from him and gave him a command over a thousand men. And David, watch, led the troops. In their campaigns. So hear this, hear this. Stay with me. The quality and strength of a leader is not in his or her ability to lead, but in the ability to be led by the Holy Spirit. So when we look at great leaders, it is not about their abilities. It's not about their academia. It's not about uh, their achievements. None of that. The ability of a great leader is in their ability to be led by the Holy Spirit. Because if you're not being led by the Holy Spirit, then you're leading in your own flesh. Oh, husbands, and let me talk to you for a moment. If you're leading your household by your own I'll just leave it right there. You got to be led by the spirit of God. For those of you on your jobs, if you're in a place or position of management, of leading people, you are to be led by the spirit of God. Not by your own natural mind and your own thinking. Because if you conjure it up by your own thoughts, then you have to maintain it by your thoughts. 
If, if you have to lead by your own human effort, then you also have to maintain it by your own human effort. And man, listen, trust me, you don't want to do it on your own. The burden and the responsibility is too heavy. Somebody shout it's too heavy. So we're talking about a frequency tuning in and dialing in to the spirit of God on this morning. I started to name this message the tale of two Saul's because we have one Saul, King Saul, who's being led by another spirit. We have another Saul who is converted to Paul. Y'all remember the Apostle Paul, right? Apostle Paul thought he was being led by the spirit of God and doing God a favor by uh, by persecuting those who were following the ways of Jesus Christ. Saul. Saul. <sighs> we have to change the channel if we're being led by the Holy, the wrong spirit. Amen. We have to change the channel if, being, if we're being led by the wrong spirit. That's my title for you this morning. Tell your neighbor, change the channel. No, tell your other neighbor, change the channel. So we're going to get into this thing real quick. I'm going to try to give you all that I have this morning, and then we're going to move on. Hallelujah. Acts chapter number nine, verse number one. You have to take notes this morning because we're going to move real fast. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belong to the way. Somebody shout the way. Whether man or woman, he may take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, somebody shout suddenly. Suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. Light is a symbol of knowledge and wisdom or enlightenment, understanding. Saul was traveling, persecuting Christians. But he thought he was being led by the spirit of God because Saul was one of the Pharisees in, in the temple. He was a very learned, educated man in the, in the ways of the scriptures. He knew the word, but he didn't know the one of the word. And this light hits him on the road. Anybody ever had a light bulb moment? One of those moments is like, aha, got it. <laughs> That aha moment is like, oh, that's it. <laughs> You're trying to figure something out, and all of a sudden the light goes on. It's like, oh, man. That... And it's like you knew it all the time, but you didn't know it. And you tell the person, I knew that. You ain't no jack. <laughs> and a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice that said to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Why do you? Persecute me. Watch what Saul's response is. Who are you, Lord? Wait a minute. Saul is a teacher of God's word. He studies God's word. But he knows the God of he, he knows the word about God, but he doesn't know God himself. Saul says, Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting, he replied. You know, it's possible to know the word, but not know the one who the word speaks of. You know, there's a lot of people in church, they know the word, but they don't know the one who the word speaks of. 
They know the word, but don't know the God of the word. Now, there's some preachers who know the word very prolifically, profoundly, but don't know the God of the word. Oh, before you start judging, there's some of you in here today, you know the word, but do you know the one the word speaks of? Has the light bulb going on in your life? It got quiet. So it's possible. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats as it goes on. And as he neared Damascus on the journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why you persecute me? We have going over that. He says, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Saul now has a different spirit on him. At first, he was being led of his own devices. Now he's being led by the Spirit of God. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless, like some of you right now. They heard the sound but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. Now watch. He is being led by a new spirit, but God and he, 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 he goes out and he solicits the help of another to lead their brother. Uh, let me slow myself down right with that. Right. Kind of slow it down right there, because just because the spirit of God leads you, the spirit of God won't lead you alone. God has vessels in the earth realm. That he has placed in your life to assist you in the journey. So that's why you got to be careful when you say, oh, well, the spirit of God is going to teach me everything. No, that's error because God will use man to instruct you in things that you. God will send people around when you need help and aid to get to a certain place. They will be one who will help you in the natural while the spirit is leading you in the spirit. Hallelujah. That there are some people you're going through challenges in life and God sent people as advisory, as helpmates in the earth realm to help you. Somebody shout, God has helped, sent me to be a helpmate. Shout again, God has sent me to be a helpmate. You are a helpmate to your brother and your sisters. Some of you need premarital counseling. Some of you need marriage counseling. Some of you need financial counseling. Amen. And we all need spiritual counseling. Amen. That's what you're in right now. You're in the spiritual counseling session. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody shout, help me. Help me. Uh, for three days, he was blind. Go back. Who's on the computer back there? For three days, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called him in a vision. Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. And the Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask him for a man from Tarshish named Saul, for he is praying. When you're led by the spirit, the spirit of God will lead you to a place of prayer. In a vision, he was uh, has seen a man named Ananias, speaking of Ananias, come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord. Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to the holy people in Jerusalem. Now watch, Ananias is afraid. 
because he heard the reports of Saul. He's scared. Somebody shout, I ain't scared. And he had come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who are called in your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered in. Here it is. Placed his hands on Saul. He's changing the channel. He's about to tune Saul in to the frequency of God. He entered and he places his hand on Saul and said, brother, brother Marshall, sister Katrina, brother Adam, says, brother, Dr. Brown, sister Dr. Brown, said the Lord, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here. He has sent me so that you may see again and watch, be filled with the Holy Spirit. My God. You know the word, but I'm about to introduce you to the God of the word. And not just so you can see it, but you can receive it. That's good right there. Not just so that you can see the word, but I'm about to make it so you can read. Receive the word. And he lays hands on him and he says, and you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. That you will be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. And he got up and was. After he received the word, he has now led it and prompted to show a public display of a manifestation of God's spirit. He is now baptized. And after taking some food, regained his strength, Saul spent several days, spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. Somebody shall feel me. So here it is. It's, it's a funny thing that God, he, he uses the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He relates it to being drunk with wine. He says, don't be drunk of wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. So he relates being filled with the Holy Spirit as to us being drunk with wine. And, you know, B.C. before Christ, you know, those days when you used to get full. Some of y'all had that day last night. Y'all know I'm talking about getting full, huh? <laughs> you see that one stumbling down the street and say, man, he full. <laughs> you know, you begin to. Testify to your friends about your night at the club. Man, I got full as a tick last night. Y'all, y'all act like y'all ain't never got drunk before. Amen. Some of y'all had black coffee on the way here now, trying to get over that hangover. Because you was full last night. And God relates being full or drunk as being filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Because when we're drunk with spirits or wines or alcohol, it, there's something else that takes over us. We're being led of another spirit. 
That's why the Bible says don't get drunk with wine or alcohol. Why? Because there's another leading of another spirit that is against the spirit of God. Because now that spirit is in control. You're not going to do what you want to do. You're going to do what that spirit says do. Hallelujah. I remember once upon a time, B.C., before Christ, B.C., before Christ, not A.C., after Christ, but somebody shout B.C. I remember being full and punching my arm through a window. For what reason? I had no idea. It was just, ah! My buzz looking at me, what you do that for? I, mean, I don't know. Matter of fact, here go another one. Pow, here the other window. Because I was being led of another spirit. You know those testimonies when you got home that next morning? And then your friends begin to testify all the craziness and the madness you've done the night before. Why? Because you were full. And you were not filled with the spirit of God. You were filled or full of something else. So God relates being filled with the spirit of God as drunkenness. In other words, that it is the spirit of God that comes to control me. Can you say amen to that? So we see in Luke chapter number four, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, he left the Jordan and he was led by the spirit into the wilderness. That Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. He was full and he was led into the wilderness by the spirit of God. There's two leadings. It's either the spirit of God is leading you or there is another spirit leading you. And sometimes that spirit may have your name attached to it. So I ask you, who's leading you? Is God leading you or are you leading yourself? So what happens when the Holy Spirit fills you? Number one, somebody shout number one, write it down. Uh, the spirit of grace comes upon you. The spirit of grace. I'm almost done. Take notes. The spirit of grace comes upon you. Grace is the empowerment and it's also the favor of God. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you now have the grace of God. You're empowered and you also have favor. Somebody shout favor. Uh, That's why you got to be filled with the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit comes to give you the favor of God on your life. That that when the spirit of God is on your life, the grace of God empowers you to be favored, not only with God, but also with man. So when you go places, you'll stand in line. And because you're filled with the spirit, favor will come upon you. You'll be in the office trying to apply for a job that you are not qualified for, but because you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll be sitting there praying in tongues under your breath, and the person behind the desk look at you and say, I don't know what it is about you, but I need to hire you. That's because you're filled with the Spirit. Spirit bears witness with Spirit. So number one, grace. Favor comes upon you. Number two, truth is revealed. The spirit of God has a purpose. The purpose of the spirit of God is to reveal truth to you. That's why I saw on the road to Damascus, the light came on. Why? Because truth was being revealed. Truth that he was going the wrong direction, doing the wrong thing on the wrong team. He received truth. John chapter one, verse number 14. We see here Jesus, the embodiment, the incarnated. I love it in the Amplified, it says, and the word Christ became flesh, human incarnate, and tabernacle lived fixed fixed with the tent of flesh. 
and lived a while among us. And we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, such glory as only one begotten son received from his father. Full of here it is. Grace. Favor, loving kindness and watch truth. The same spirit that filled Jesus, that raised him from the dead, is the same spirit God wants to fill you with. The spirit of grace and truth. Somebody shall fill me. God wants to fill you. So how are you feel? How are you feel? You feel the moment that you give your life to Christ, you are filled. Amen. So when you said, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life, I submit and render my life unto you. At that moment, you are filled. But your natural, logical mind has put a cap on the bottle. What are you saying, Apostle? You're filled with the Holy Ghost right now, but your logical thinking has put a cap. It's like a bottle filled with water. You're full. Tell your neighbor, I'm full. I'm full as a tick right now. <laughs> Y'all didn't want to do that? I'm sorry. Amen. But you feel. But your mind has put a cap on the feeling. So the Holy Spirit wants to pour out of you, but your logical thinking. God has filled you, and you're filled, watch this. To overflow. And he wants to gush out of you. But he can't. Because your logical mind has put a cap on. Watch bad teaching, lack of understanding, darkness. You're on your Damascus Road experience. And you need light to shine upon you. But he's filled you, but you're still sitting in darkness. Because your logical mind is like, oh, uh, that's crazy. Being filled with the Holy Ghost? I've seen stuff like that. People be flopping on the floors and dancing and running on chairs. I don't want that because that look crazy. You put a cap on it. And God has filled you. But you can't receive it in your natural mind. So you put a cap on it. Because what they taught you or what they've said about what it's like to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout, change the channel. Ananias came to Saul to touch Saul, to change the channel. In other words, to take the cap off so he can drink freely. So rivers of living water can flow out of him. Watch. What's in you can't come out of you until you take the top. I'm done. But I'd be remiss if I closed this service out. If I didn't give someone an opportunity to pop the top. Oh, it's bottle service today. It's, it's bottle service today. We buying out the bar this morning. Everybody going to drink. Because the book of Acts says that everybody in the house was 
filled with the Spirit of God. So it's bottle service. I would ask that you would bow your heads because it starts first with the repentive heart. After that repentive heart, it, it's, you make that confession unto God that Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life. That's when light comes in. That's when the acknowledgement of the word of God is not just what you read, but now is at this moment you receive. Well, I've been in church all my life. My parents drugged me and I know the word. Today we are introducing you to the God of the word and his name is Jesus. So I'm going to pray in a second. I'm going to have you make a confession of faith after which I'm going to ask that you will open yourself up and yield yourself to a move of God's spirit that the top will come off. And the spirit of God will fill you and flood you to an overflow that the grace and the mercy of God will fall upon you. Father, now in the name of Jesus, I pray every hearer of this word today will screw off the top and would receive the infilling of your Holy Spirit. And the flow of your spirit will flow through them like never before. A river of knowledge, of wisdom, of understanding of who you are. For it is your purpose, Holy Spirit, to come to reveal the Christ to us. To bring back all things unto remembrance. To lead us, to guide us, and to direct us. To reveal the mysteries of God. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Move in the hearts of your people now in the name of Jesus. If you're here this morning in the pardon of your sins. You have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. This moment is for you. This moment is for you. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Holy Spirit, move in this place. If you're here today, and that's you, you want to give your life to Christ and make Jesus the Lord of your life, would you simply just lift your hand in the air today? If that's you, we thank you, Father. I see you, sir. Any others today would say today is the day I'm getting my life right with Jesus. Backslidden, led astray. Amen. You're coming back to the Father today. If that's you, lift your hand. Don't leave this place without making a declaration today that Jesus is the Lord of your life. If that's you. You made some mistakes, done some wrongs, but you're coming back home to Christ today. If that's you, lift your hand. I see you. Any others? I see you. Any others today? Any others? Any others? Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. If you've been saved and you have a logical concept of the Holy Ghost and the bottle has been placed on your mind, the top, but today you're saying, I'm taking the top off. I want to receive all that God has for me. I want to be filled to an overflow of the spirit like a river gushing out of me today. If that's you today, lift your hand. Any others? Lift your hand. Filled with the Holy Spirit. I see you. I see you. Any others? Any others? Can we all stand to our feet today? All standing. For those of you online today, hashtag saved by grace. If you're giving your life to Christ on today. If you're standing in need of prayer, you can simply dial 225-503. Give me the number. 0706-225-503-0706. Our intercessors are waiting to pray with you, to celebrate with you for you giving your life to Christ and to touch and agree and to believe God that the channel is changing. That you're no longer being led by another spirit, but by the spirit of God. For those of you who lifted your hands, 
There's a little white card that's being distributed around the sanctuary right now. Take that card, fill it out, give it back to one of our servant leaders. We'll leave the altar open for prayer if you're standing in need of prayer on this morning. You can even leave us an email at prayer at elevatechurchbr.com. If you're here this morning and the Spirit of God is drawing you to be a part of this local body of believers, you don't have a church home, and God is drawing you here today, it's important that you be connected to the body of Christ. If that's you today and you don't have a church home, would you lift your hand and you want to be a part of what God is doing here at Elevate Church? Would you wave at me on this morning if that's you? Don't have a church, but you're looking. I see you, sir. Are there any others? Any others today? Any others? Any others? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's clap our hands and celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to pray and then we're going to depart. If it's your first, second, or even third time, a reoccurring visitor, I would love to shake your hand, greet you, and meet you. I would ask, too, that you would depart from the left and the right uh, of me, the doors on the left and the right side, as we make room for our 1115 service as well. And I would ask, too, that if you have a conversation, that uh, as we prepare and prep the sanctuary for our second service, if you would take it to the foyer or to the parking lot so we can get ready for the next service as we sanitize and get ready uh, during that time. Amen. Let me pray and then we'll close out. I better yet, daughter, you pray. Amen. I'm going to get out of the way. God bless you. God keep you is our prayer in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your presence, Lord God. We thank you for your Holy Spirit that's flowing through us, Lord God. We thank you for taking the top off, Lord God. We thank you right now, Father, that you are pouring out more of your spirit, more of your glory, Lord God, more of your power, Father, in the name of Jesus. So we are welcoming you in, Lord God, as we go throughout the rest of our day and the rest of our week, Father God. We pray, Father, that you would give us opportunities to minister to people, Lord God. Give us opportunities to encounter you, Lord God. We give you glory, honor, and praise in Jesus. Jesus name amen we worship you in the spirit we worship you with all our heart we lift our hands to you for you are worthy to receive the glory, the praise. We worship you in the spirit. We worship you in all our hearts. Oh, we lift our hands to you, God, for you deserve the worship and praise from our heart today we give you more 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 we give you Oh
Glory to your name, Father. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. God, we bless you. God, we give you glory. Jesus' mighty name. Let your anointing fall from the rafters as a sweet dew upon the morning lawn. Let it fall, let it rain down. Like the rain from a Seattle summer, God, rain down. Like the shaking, Lord God, the California ground, shake us, God. Like the floodwaters of 2016, flood us, God, with your presence. Do it now, Father. Shake us again. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. Come on, one more time. Clap your hands and give God some praise. Glory. Oh, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. Y'all can sit in this presence if you want to praise God. Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody ought to thank him this morning. Come on, I say somebody ought to thank him this morning. Hallelujah. If not for the grace of God, there go I. It could have been you, it could have been I. If not for his grace. Hallelujah. God, we bless you. Jesus, mighty name. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Welcome to Elevate Church this morning. Amen. If it's your first, second, or even a reoccurring time that you have been spending with us, do me a favor. Just slip your hand in the air and wave it like you just don't care. Amen. Amen. Come on, Elevate. Let's celebrate them. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you for being with us on this morning. Those of you in the sanctuary could have chosen any other place uh, to fellowship, to worship, Thank you for choosing Elevate this morning. Amen. You should have received a blue connect card upon your entry or if you did not keep your hand lifted, we want to make sure we get a card in your hand on this morning so we can have a record of your attendance. On the back of the card is a place for prayer requests or even comments. You can fill that out. Hand it back to one of our servant leaders before our time together is over with. If you would stand to your feet, we're going to jump right to the word of God on this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, we bless you. And we give you the glory. I think God wants to do something special this morning. I I feel like a special moment with God, that God's going to do something special. God's going to do something supernatural this morning. Something special. I'm waiting for y'all to grab hold to that. I don't know who it's for this morning, but God wants to do something special in your life this morning. I don't know what you're walking through. Notice I said walking through. Because if you're in the midst of it now, God never intended for you to stay in the midst of what you're in the midst of. He wants to pull you all the way through. I don't know what it is, what your challenge is, what you're faced with. But we serve a God that's an El-Gabar, a great and mighty God. He's bigger than any demonic attack that will come your way. 
He's larger than any giant that you will face. He's bigger than that. Matter of fact, make that your declaration this morning. Would you say, my God is bigger than that? Now, I don't know what your that is, but whatever your that is, your God is bigger. So whatever that is, go ahead, put it in the forefront of your mind now and say, my God is bigger. Bigger than any sickness or disease. Bigger than any challenge you would face in life. He's bigger than that. Come on, shout it real strong. My God is bigger. In Jesus' mighty name. Let's get to the word of God on this morning. I'm excited. We've been in the midst of this sermon series entitled Frequency. And if you have missed the first couple of installments of this sermon message, you can always go back and catch it on YouTube, Facebook, or wherever digital platform. Listen to me. It's impossible for you to follow God unless you're being led by the Spirit of God. It's impossible for you to follow God unless the Spirit of God is the one leading you. So when you make the declaration that God is leading me, you got to first and make sure what spirit is in front of you. You got to make sure that you're being led by the spirit of God, because it's the spirit of God that will lead you into all truth and knowledge of who God is. So you can't follow God unless the spirit of God is leading you. Let's jump to the gospel of John, chapter number six, verse number 44. Grab your Bibles, if you would. The gospel of John, chapter number six, verse number 44 is where we'll find ourselves. Hold your finger there, and then we're going to jump over to the Old Testament, 1 Samuel, chapter number 18, verse number 10. Hallelujah. When you have it, say amen. Amen. Two people. Hallelujah. If you're looking, say, I'm looking. looking. Praise God. (laughs) Two more. (laughs) The rest of y'all just waiting, huh? Waiting for me to put it on the screen. If you're waiting for me to put it on the screen, say, thank you, Jesus. That is far too many of y'all. Father, remove the lazy spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, impart a spirit of I will bring my Bible and find the word for myself into them now in the name of Jesus. Father, I release a spirit that I won't put the pressure on apostle for him to put it on the screen in their lives in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Amen. Some of y'all faking like y'all got it. Y'all just holding y'all Bibles. <laughs> and turn one page. It's like. I heard somebody say true. <laughs> Praise God. Let's make our faith declaration on this morning. Would you repeat after me today? I'll be taught the word of God. My mind is sharp and my spirit is ready. Say that again. My spirit is ready and my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. 
I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. Make that declaration over your tabernacle now. Say, no sickness nor disease shall come near my home. Shall I'm more than a conqueror? I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Shout it out. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Find a neighbor and say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Find another neighbor that will receive it. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. Point to the four walls of this church. Say, wealth and riches shall be in this house. Shout, I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My children are blessed. My marriage is blessed. I'm blessed. Now shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you can. Hallelujah. We're moving a little slow in the back back there. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. As we catch up, we're in uh, the book, Gospel of John, chapter number six, verse number 44. And the word of the Lord declares to us, no one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws them. And I will raise them up. I will raise them up. I will raise them up at the last day. The one who draws you is the one who will lead you. And you cannot be drawn to God except by the spirit of God. So I want to debunk this thing of those who have said, I have found Christ. You didn't find Christ. Christ found you. You didn't come to him. He was drawing you. Uh, Catch the revelation. He tells Peter, cast your net upon the right side. The casting of the net is a drawing. Fish have no chance when the net is thrown. See, when you fish with the line, (laughs) then the fish has an option. Can I eat of this line or another? Or choose not to eat at all. But when the casting of the net goes, then everything in the pathway of the net, everything in the pathway of the net gets. And Jesus said, none come unless the spirit of God draws them. You messed around there and got in the pathway of the net of Jesus. (laughs) That's why you got to be careful how you treat people, because they may be in the pathway of getting drawn to Christ. And if you treat them wrong, then once they are drawn into Christ, boy, my, oh, my, you in trouble. Tell you, be careful. You got to be careful because the one who draws you is the one who will lead you. You got to be careful how you're being led. You got to be careful how you're being led. And watch. You got to ask your question. Who's leading me? Am I being led by my own devices, by my own desire, by my own wants? Oh, it's a good destination, but is it a godly destination? It's a good thing, but is it a God thing? Is God calling me to do it? Oh, I just want to do it because it's some benefit in me doing it. Fame, fortune, y'all. 
quiet. I'll stay off your road and off your big toe. Somebody shall draw me. So we see in 1 Samuel chapter number 18, verse number 10, the word of the Lord declares to us. I know you're standing, but it's okay. The next day, an evil spirit from God came forcibly on Saul. Now, I said in the earlier service, I'll say it again. It troubled me when I first read this text because can evil come from God? Especially when he is a good, good father, a good God who gives good gifts. So if this good God who is so good, how can evil come from him? How can this loving, good father be one who would bring evil into the earth realm? You know, the Bible says he knows how to give good gifts. So the good God we serve sends an evil spirit. It troubled me, so I began to dig and search. And the transliteration of this word evil, there's some discrepancy. Because it's a Hebrew word, raw. Look at your neighbor and say, raw. Look at your other neighbor and say, raw. Get a little sassy where you go, raw. It's, it's this word, raw. It's a Hebrew word. Uh, this Hebrew word, raw, means disagreement. It means unpleased. So when God sends the spirit upon Saul, he sends the spirit in disagreement to the spirit that was in operation in Saul at the time. And the spirit that was in Saul, of which he is now being led by, God disagrees with. And Saul now is frustrated because he's operating in his own flesh, in his own spirit. And God says, I'm in disagreement. Raw. Somebody shout raw. And it comes forcibly upon Saul, and he was prophesying in his house where the prophets at in the house. That the prophets would return to the house and prophesy. That fathers and mothers, you ought to declare and prophesy in your household. You ought to see what you see, but call what God sees about what you see. You would prophesy over your house. Over your children, lay hands upon them and declare and decree that which is not as though it is that the thing that God is calling to they'll be drawn into. That they would prophesy and Saul was prophesying while David was playing the lyre as he usually did. I know you're standing for a minute, but keep standing. And, and David is a worshiper. He's worshiping as he always does. In other words, we as the body of Christ, you know what we should find ourselves doing? Worshiping. I told you before, worship is not for you. It's for God. So you should always find yourself presenting worship unto God. It is not for you to come and worship and get chains and shackles broken off of you. Watch in your worship. It is a byproduct, but you worshiping God because he is able to shake chains and break chains off of your life. Worship belongs to God. So David is worshiping as he usually does. And Saul had a spear. 
in his hand. And he hurled it at David. You know, it's during the time of worship that we experience some of the greatest attacks. So maybe y'all hadn't found yourselves in worship. It is during worship that thoughts begin to hit your mind. Pains and aches come in your body in the midst of worship. And that Satan's job is to disrupt your worship. And while David is worshiping, he got spears thrown at him. Let me pray right there because y'all looking a little faint. Preacher, hurry up. It's your intro. Father, now in Jesus' name, refresh and restore them in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. It's in the midst of worship. And attacks are coming. And he hurled it at him, saying to himself, I'll pin David to the wall. But David eluded him, not once, but twice. That's what the enemy does. When he can't get you the first time, he'll try to attack you a second time. If he can't get to you in your body, he'll reach out to somebody to try to get at you. He eluded him twice. Twice. So this word, raw, comes upon Saul. And Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had departed from Saul. What's happening is, is that Saul takes upon another spirit. Of course, you know, Saul, Saul was anointed to be king. He is not God's first choice, but the people's first choice. He is not of God's choosing. He is the people's choice. The people chose Saul. And, and, and watch, because the people chose Saul, God is so gracious and sovereign. He, he honored their requests. And he placed the spirit upon Saul for the assignment that he is taking upon himself to be king. So now the spirit of God rests upon Saul, but something happens along the way. The spirit that drew Saul was supposed to be leading Saul. Saul finds himself being led by another spirit. And because of this leading of this other spirit, God removes himself from Saul, leaving Saul to his own devices. Uh, you don't want to ever be caught in a place alone by yourself, left to your own devices. You don't want to ever be caught in a place where you have to begin to uh, calculate and to orchestrate your own life. Y'all quiet. You want to be led by the spirit. Somebody shout, lead me. So the spirit of God leaves Saul and now it's resting on David. And Saul is frustrated because he know what it's like to be filled with the spirit of God. But watch, he also knows what it's like when the spirit leaves. So he's angry at David. Because now David has the anointing and the anointing has left him. So he hurls this spear at David. Because Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with David, but had departed from him. It's in this departure that we see that. So he sent David away 
from him and gave him the command over a thousand men. And David did what? He led the troops in their campaign. He led the troops. How was David able to lead? He was able to lead because he was being led. Oh, God, that's good. He was able to lead because he was being led. The quality and the strength of a leader is not in his or her ability to lead, but in the ability to be led by the Holy Spirit. Ah, every good leader that you ever experienced in life, it wasn't their doing. It was the leading of the Holy Spirit. And the quality and the strength of a leader is not in their ability to be able to command thousands and to be able to lead hundreds. No, it is their ability to be led by the Holy Spirit. And any leader that is not being led by the Holy Spirit is one who is leading people into error. Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, who are you being led by? Got to be careful who's leading us. Got to be careful who's leading us. I'll try to take my time through this and really teach you this morning, because in this sermon series entitled Frequency, we're trying to tune in into God's voice. I started to title this message the tale of two Saul's because we have one Saul who was a king and we have another Saul who was a priest. Uh, Thank you, Holy Ghost. It just hit me. I didn't realize God has called us to be kings and priests. A nation, a royal priesthood of kings and priests. And we see the lives of two, one who was a king and one who was a priest. And I started to call this the tale of two Saul's because we see two different leadings in their lives. King Saul is being led of another spirit. So uh, this morning, I want us to change the channel because we're being led by the wrong spirit. Tell your neighbor, change the channel. Yeah, some of us are being led by the wrong spirit. We're to our own devices. We're doing what we want to do, how we want to do it. See, we declare that, oh, this is God's doing, and it's good and marvelous in his eyesight. But the moment we get a little frustrated with the way things are going, now the spirit is leading me in another direction. The moment things don't work out the way we figured out, you know, at first it was God said. Now God is sending. (laughs) Wait a minute, is God schizophrenic? (laughs) Is he bipolar? Because at first it was really God. Now it's like, um, well, you know, the spirit of God. Be careful how we blame stuff on the spirit of God. The spirit is saying something different. You know, the spirit would never say nothing contrary to God's word. Tell your neighbor, change the channel. Got to change the channel because, you know, you could be on a channel, but it not be the right channel. Right. Amen. And you'd be listening all day long trying to hear something. And you're not hearing what you want to hear. But, you know, the problem with being on the wrong channel is is sometimes you may hear something pleasing, but it's not pleasing unto God. Yeah. Hey, oh, that sounds good. And God said, but I didn't say that. You know, the Bible talks about prophets that came into the land, false prophets. And he said, these prophets are prophesying, but they're not prophesying. They're prophesying my name, but they're not prophesying what I told them to prophesy. In other words, they were on the channel, but they were not rehearsing what I told them. 
And now you have tuned into a frequency and now you're listening. You're like, oh, that's God. No, it ain't. Tell your neighbor, no, it ain't. Tell your neighbor, change the channel. Tell your neighbor, change the channel real quick. (laughs) So we got to make sure expediently. Amen. Acts chapter number nine. Let's let's go there. Acts chapter number nine, verse number one. Acts chapter nine, verse number one. Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest. Now, Saul is very astute, very learned. He is a priest in, in the Pharisees order and sect. And he, he is very learned and well learned and he knows the word. And Saul now goes to the high priest and he he is spewing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. And he asks for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he find any that who belong to the way, what way, not his way. If he found any who was being led by the spirit of God and not the spirit that's leading him, he had an issue with. Oh, God. If he could find any who was in this way, not his way, he wanted to arrest him. He said, whether it be a man or woman, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. And as he neared Damascus on his journey, suddenly, somebody shout suddenly. Suddenly there was a light from heaven. Light is a symbol of knowledge and wisdom or enlightenment. All of a sudden now, Saul, as he is journeying, the light comes on. Have you ever had a light bulb moment? It's called an aha moment. Aha. Is that that moment where you're trying to figure some things out? Some things that you thought to be right? And then the light goes on, you figure out, oh, that's wrong. Or some things that you thought were wrong and the light goes on, you go, uh, aha. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever had an aha moment? Yeah. You, you know what typically happens after an aha moment? You, you say, I knew that. You ain't no jack. Because ah. if you knew it, you would have figured it out beforehand and it wouldn't took the light to come on. But Saul is on the road to Damascus and a light goes on. In other words, now Saul has enlightenment. The knowledge of which he was coming into, he thought he was doing right for the kingdom of God. He thought he was doing God a favor by rounding up people who was outside of the way of which he was traveling and round them up and put them in prison. But the light goes on. Somebody shall keep the light on. And this light suddenly comes upon him as a flash around him from heaven. And he fell to the ground and heard a voice. Saul is being tuned in into the frequency. And the voice said to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? He was on the channel, but the wrong channel. Now he switched frequencies. The knob is being turned. He's dialing in. Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Now hear this, beloved. Saul is a preacher, the teacher of the word. He is in the sect of Jewish leaders. He is what they would call a rabbi. He is a teacher. 
Now watch. He knows the word. But he doesn't know the one of the word that he knows. He has to ask, Lord, who are you? Now you would figure Saul should know who he is. He stands up every Sunday and preaches the word. You figure he would know who the Lord is, but he says, Lord, who are you? Who are you? There are so many who come into the body of Christ. You know the word, but you don't know the one of the word. Now, now watch. He knows the word, but he don't know the one that speaks of the word. So Saul has the scriptures down packed. He, he can read them and tell you. Matter of fact, as part of the prerequisite in their culture, the Jewish culture, is that by the age of 12 or 13, of course, the boy mitzvah, they have to know the word of God, the Talmud. The Pentateuch. They got to know all of that, not just know it. They got to know it. So if you spouted out the first five books of the Bible and called out any chapter or verse, they knew it. That's who we're dealing with in Saul. He's somebody who knows the word. But there's a problem, though. He don't know the God of the word. He's the one on the corner with the Bible, thumping people over the head with the word. And he knows the word, but the word has no effect in his own life. He has a form of godliness, but denies the power thereof. He can tell you, you need to be changed, but had not yet been changed himself. That's who we're dealing with, Saul. And the light goes on and he asks the question, Lord, who are you? are you? I mean, who are you? Ask your neighbor, who are you? See, you can know a person and not know a person. How many of y'all know uh, Michael Jordan? I mean, y'all know. You know of him, right? Anybody know of Michael Jordan? Y'all know who Michael Jordan is? But how many y'all know Micah Jordan? Sat at his table, broke bread with him. Went to his house. Went through his closet and tried on his shoes. Drank his Kool-Aid, the last drop. See, this is Saul. He asked this question, who are you? He does not have an intimate relationship. He doesn't have a one-on-one relationship with this Lord that he's teaching about. And Saul actually said... And Jesus replied, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied. Listen, it's possible to know the word, but not know the one of the word speaks of. It's possible. Tell your neighbor it's possible. Yeah, that's a lot of good church folk. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the person next to you. So. Who are you, Lord? Saul asked, I am Jesus, the one whom you persecute. Now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Watch, because the frequency has changed. Saul is now being led by a different spirit. Because the light goes on, 
Saul is now being led by a different spirit, not the spirit that he was once being led of. He's being led by a different spirit, the spirit of God. And he says, now you would know what you must do. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They heard the sound. Oh, God, can I say this to you? Some people around you, they going to hear the sound, but they ain't going to know where it's coming from. There's a sound that God is going to echo in your spirit. People around you, they're going to hear the sound, but they're going to have an understanding or a translation of the sound. Don't be moved when people around you, they hear the sound, but they don't know what you're hearing. And they were speechless and they heard the sound. But watch, they didn't see anyone. They didn't see anyone. So what happens is Saul got up from the ground. But when they he when he opened his eyes, he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. Now, watch the spirit of God leads you. But the spirit of God will also encamp people around you that the spirit of God will employ people to help and assist you along the way. So it's not enough to say, hey, I'm be led by the spirit alone. God will rest his spirit inside of somebody to help be a natural, a physical God in the earth realm to get you to the place that God wants you to be. Let me say it this way. You may be in need of some advice financially, maritally, and God will send someone with the spirit of God resting upon them with the spirit of wisdom and knowledge to help you get to where you need to go. Ah, so 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 that's why you got to make sure that you tend and care to people because God may be sending an angel your way in flesh to lead God and direct you by his spirit. We ought to clap our hands for doctors and lawyers and advisors and counselors. Don't ever, 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 ever negate those who God has placed his spirit on in the earth realm. To be a God and a lead to you. So. His eyes was open and they took him by hand and they took him into Damascus. I'm going to speed it up here in a second. I promise you. For three days, he was blind and did not eat or drink anything. For three days, somebody shout three days. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias and the Lord called to him in a vision. Ananias, yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarshish named Saul, for he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias said, <laughs> you asking of a difficult thing. <laughs> I've heard Many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. In other words, Lord, choose somebody else. (laughs) You want me to go and catch this murderous man, uh, lay hands on him? Can you find somebody else? (laughs) And he was come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Ananias, go! Exclamation point. Stop all your foolishness. And go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered in. Watch this. Placing his hands on Saul. He's putting his hand on the dial. He's about to change the channel again. And he said, brother Saul. 
Sister April. Sister Meosha. Brother Mike. He lays hands upon them. And he said, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, he sent me so that you may watch, see again, draw a line under and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Not only do I want your light to go on so you can see, but I want to make sure that you're filled. Somebody shout, feel me. The spirit of God comes into your life to feel you. God wants you filled. Somebody shall feel me. And immediately something like scales fell from the eyes of Saul. And he could see again. And he got up and was baptized. When he came into the enlightenment of who Jesus was, he got up, he could see, and he was baptized. When the light comes on, there's a commandment. Go and be baptized. And after taking some food, he regained strength. And Saul spent several several days with the disciples in Damascus. Watch this. We have to change the channel because we've been led by the wrong spirit. We see in Luke chapter number four, verse number one, Jesus, full of the spirit, left the Jordan and he was led. Somebody shout lead me. He was led by the spirit into the wilderness. He was led by the spirit into the wilderness. See, when the spirit of God comes upon you, he comes to lead you. And there's two things that happen when the spirit of God fills you. Number one, write it down, is that you're full of grace. Grace is also favor comes upon you. Grace and favor. Somebody shout grace and favor. So grace is the empowerment. Favor is the favor that God lends to you for things that you do not deserve. That's why when you're in a place where the spirit of God uh, leads you to and there's favor on your life that uh, you'll be in the grocery store and the favor of God will be upon you. And then you won't even have to watch this utter a word because the spirit of God is upon you. The spirit of God is leading you. Favor will come. People pay for your stuff. You'll be in front of an employer for an interview. And you'll be speaking in tongues and under your breath because, you know, you really need that job. And that person would say, I don't know what it is about you, but. I think we're going to hire you today. For a job you're not even qualified for. Somebody shout that's favor. That's what happens when you feel with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says spirit bears witness with spirit. So you'll go places and your spirit will connect with the spirits of somebody else. Somebody shout grace. Not only grace comes upon you, but watch this. Truth is revealed to you. So when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit to come comes into your life to reveal all truths and mysteries of God. John chapter number one, in the gospel of John, verse number 14. Watch. I love it in the amplified version. It says this. And the word speaking of Christ became flesh and the t- and tabernacle among us. And we saw his glory, such glory as only the begotten son receives from his father. Full of what? And what? Truth. 
Grace is favor and loving kindness. And Jesus was filled with grace and truth. Somebody shout, fill me. Shout again, shout, fill me. So the Spirit of God comes to fill you, but how are you filled? You're filled the moment you give your life to Christ. The day you decide to give your life to Christ, you are filled. The day you said, Jesus, I make you the Lord of my life, God fills you and seals you with his Holy Spirit. Somebody shall fill me. Now, it's, you're full of the Spirit because the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the Spirit that resides in you. So you're full of the Spirit. Somebody shout, I'm full. You, you, you know, B.C., before I came to Christ, B.C., before Christ. Uh, B.C., before Christ, me and my boys, we used to get full. Yeah, y'all, come on now. Some of y'all got full last night. You, you, you know what I'm talking about. You, you popped the top, you had a couple of them, you know. You got full. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You got full. You, you, you know, we used to get full, you know. And, and, and here's the thing. When you give your life to Christ, God fills you. He, you're full. Somebody shout, I'm full. Now, now it's interesting that God, he, he, he takes this fillment of the Holy Spirit and he likens it to being drunk with wine. He says it is the same as being drunk with wine. That when you're full of the spirit, it's just like you're being drunk. But watch, you're not being led by the spirits of the wine. You're being led by the spirit of the Holy Spirit of God. But he says it's like being drunk with wine. You know how it is when you get full. You do things that you normally don't do. You say things you normally don't say. You wake up with people who you shouldn't be waking up with. Because you got full. I, I remember getting full one time, hanging out with my boys and just going down the street. And there was a glass window and I just put my arm through the window. Because I was full. My boy was like, what you did that for? I don't know. So I just punched the other window too. Uh, I, I was being led by another spirit that wasn't the spirit of God. Had me doing things that I normally would not So the Holy Spirit comes into you and fills you the moment that you give your life to Christ. But watch, how can you tell if you're being led by the Spirit of God? You can tell by the fruit of your life, your attitudes and your actions. It's not so much you speaking in tongues. I can tell if you feel with the Spirit by your actions and by your attitude. Oh, I can tell if you're full of the Holy Ghost by the way you treat people and by the way you serve. I can tell if you're full of the Spirit by your attitude. Listen, if your spirit is rotten, then your fruit will be rotten. If your spirit is rotten, then your fruit will be rotten. That's how you can tell who's led by the Spirit. Don't wait for somebody to talk about Bob, Bob, Black Sheep, and many. No, 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 no. I need to see your fruit. What's your attitude like? Oh, what? Wait a minute. You said what to who and how? Oh, oh, no. Uh, that ain't the spirit of God. You're being led by the wrong spirit. Get your spirit in check because you're being led by another spirit right now. 
Wait a minute, you disrespect. Oh, no, you're being led by the wrong spirit. Rotten fruit. Tell your neighbor, check your fruit. Your fruit. So here it is, and I'm, I'm wrapping up right here. So what are the fruit? But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness. Oh, y'all ain't saying nothing yet. These are the fruit. Watch this of the spirit. Now, let's stay there. It says, but the fruit. Where are my English people at? Fruit is singular. He says, but the fruit of the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is singular. But it goes on to give a litany of things of the fruit of the spirit. The fruit is singular. However, it's the spirit of love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. So watch. Because the fruit of the spirit is singular, if you exclude any one of these things, then you're not operating by the spirit. Oh, but I'm loving and I'm kind, but I'm faithless. Then you're not operating or being led by the spirit. If I'm goodness and peace and joy, but I don't have love, then I'm not operating in the fruit of the spirit. If I leave one out, then all of them got to go. Oh, but she nice. She good. <laughs> but she don't have no forbearance. She's not being led by the spirit. Oh, they happy, go lucky, and got joy, joy. I got joy down in my soul, down in my soul. But I don't have gentleness or self-control. Then I'm not being led by the spirit. I cannot do one and not do them all. If I'm being led by the spirit, then my fruit will be all inclusive of these. That means I still got to have self-control. Oh, I can't control myself. You're not being led by the spirit of God. Oh, I just can't help myself. You know, I'm a man. God knows I'm just a man. Then you're not being led by the spirit of God. Because without those things, there is no law. It's amazing, two verses later, and I'm done. It says, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Just two verses later. Just two verses later. He says, if the Spirit of God is leading you, then you have to be in step with the Spirit. Come on, Brother Casey. So that means if I'm in step with the spirit and I'm being led by the spirit, if the if the spirit left foot forward. Just your left. Put your right back. Put your right back. Right there. I'm with you, soldier. I got to be in step. (laughs) Yes, Lord. If the Holy Spirit say take another step. I got to be in step. If I'm to be led of the spirit, I have to be in step with the spirit. So if I say, me say, take a left step. No, you stay where you at. (laughs) You going to follow me or you going to follow you? You're the spirit. Okay. You're the spirit. Praise the Lord. I want to go left. Okay. You stay right there. Hold fast. (laughs) 
Okay. You're stronger than that. Okay. I want to go left. Okay. Now you're too strong. I want to go this way. We got to be still. No, but see, I have a calling on my life. And the Lord has called me to do something. And I. But wait a minute. God's calling me. Okay. I'm tuned in with God. Okay. And God says. Okay. I got to be in step with the spirit. So watch. It is not about your calling. It's about your commitment to the voice of God. Because even though God may be calling you to go this way, I got to be committed to hearing the voice of God because the voice of God may say, go that way. Say, Let's go this way. But, but I'm needed. This way. But no, I can preach. Oh, but I can serve. Oh, but no, I got to go this way. This is where God is calling me. See, the calling of God is different from your contribution to the kingdom. Because just because you call, God is not asking you about your calling. He's asking about your contribution. Can you stay con- contributing to what I've... Because the Holy Spirit will come and deal with you and lead you and guide you. And sometimes that leading will be you sitting. And sometimes that leading will cause you just to They that wait patiently upon the Lord. Sometimes the spirit say, just be patient right now. Have some forbearance. <laughs> just just be just wait a minute. Because I'm trying to do something in you because I see something in you. The spirit of God saw something in Saul before he changed his name to Paul. He saw the haughtiness of his spirit. He saw that inside of Saul, the pride of wanting to have it his way and not God's way. Now, at no time does the text says that the spirit of God told Saul to do any of that. At no time did you see that Saul say, God told me to take everybody who's going the other way and put them in prison. You know why the text doesn't say that? Because Saul inserted his own will to do things his way. And instead of him being led by the spirit, he was leading. I'm going to take you with me this time. He was taking other folk with him. That's why you got to be careful about who's leading you. Because then you're going to take other people with you. And then you're going to say it's the spirit who told. Oh, my God. It was the spirit who told me, but God didn't tell you nothing. nothing. Jesus. And now you're leading people astray. Because oh, why Saul wasn't on the road to Damascus by himself? The Bible says, and they yeah. Amen. took him. Wow. Saul was leading people astray by the wrong spirit. Oh, God. You got to be careful. Thank you, sir. We got to be in step. We got to be in step with the spirit of God. But it starts with us changing the channel. It starts with us changing the channel. Tell your neighbor, change the channel. Bow your heads with me. We're done.
I believe this morning, God is changing the dial on the station. He's changing the channel. Some of you have been listening to the radio, but you've been on the wrong station. You're waiting to hear from heaven, waiting to hear what God has to say about your situation. You hadn't heard nothing yet. You know why? Because you're on the wrong station. God is changing the station today. He's changing the channel. But it starts with you first making a faith declaration. It starts first with you, excuse me, giving your life over to Christ. Because see, here's the thing. You feel, but your mind has put a cap on the things of God. You're sealed by the Holy Spirit, but you put a top on it with your own logical thinking. And God wants you to take the top off today so that you can spill out and spill over into somebody's life. That the spirit in you would spill out and touch somebody else and would be a draw agent to someone. This morning we're taking the top off. Your logical thinking, bad teaching, denominational teaching, whatever theological the- teaching, your own ideology, you're filled with the spirit. But God says, I want you to take the top off so that you can now release the spirit that you have received. If you're here this morning, you have not accepted Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sins. This moment has been designated and designed just for you by the hand of God. God had predestined this moment. You found yourself in the house of the Lord, whether by way of Internet or here physically in the sanctuary. God had this day marked on his calendar for you to make a decision. Remember, the drawing of the Spirit of God is not done by man, but it's done by His Spirit. And today, God is casting His net to draw you into into His kingdom. If you're here today in the pardon of your sins, and you would say, today is the day I'm getting my life right with Christ. Maybe you're backslidden, you're coming back home. Whatever your decision or your declaration is today, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to ask you to make a decision. To make Jesus the Lord of your life. Father, now in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the time that we had in your word. And Father, we don't want to just read your word, God. We want to know your word. We want to know you, the God of the word. And Father, today, I pray, God, for each and every one at the sound of my voice. I pray today, God, that you will begin to draw them into your beloved. Draw them into your kingdom, God. Father, we dispel darkness and evilness and wickedness father we break down every stronghold and barricade that will prevent them god from coming to you now in the name of jesus father we give you the glory it's in jesus mighty name if you're here this morning and you would say that's me in the part of my sins of getting my life right put your hand in the air right now thank you i see you i see you i see you backslidden getting your life right with him today today is the day i see you sir people getting real with themselves this morning any others this morning today is the day today is the day online today hashtag saved by grace if that's you today if you're giving your life over fully commit to him today is the day for you lift your hand thank you father we bless you god we thank you god we give you glory god we give you praise it's in jesus mighty name i make one more appeal to you this morning you don't have a church home but the spirit of god is drawing you to connect with us here today at elevate church if that's you today shoot your hand in the air 
Raise your hand and I see you. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise for the one here. For this family. Amen. Amen. Anyone on this side connecting today to be a part of this family of faith? Anyone else? Anyone else? All standing to your feet today. All standing. All standing. For those of you who have lifted your hands, there are cards that are being distributed over the sanctuary. Make sure you take that card, fill it out, give it back to one of our servant leaders here in the sanctuary. Amen. Don't leave without filling that card out. Amen. If you're standing in need of prayer, amen. Our intercessors are here today to pray with you. Amen. For all of you who are lifting your hand, make sure you receive one of those cards. If you did not receive a card, lift your hand again. Amen. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. God, we give you the glory. It's in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate what the Lord has done today. Amen. Amen. Let, let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you, God, for what you have done in the hearts and the lives of your people. And I pray, God, through this word today, Father, that you will begin to minister to the hearts and the souls of your people. I pray, God, as they depart from this place, never departing from your presence, that your spirit, God, will richly and abundantly bless them far beyond they could ask or even think. Father, I thank you that this day, God, is a day as a memorial written in heaven for the lives that have returned back to you. So, Father, we bless you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' mighty name. We do pray. Somebody shout amen. Come on, shout amen again. Come on, give him some glory. Hallelujah. We bless you. Listen, if this is your first, second, or reoccurring times with us in the sanctuary, I would love to shake your hand, meet you, and greet you in the foyer on today. Amen. Don't forget this Tuesday is our sin.